Hello! Because in this episode we're covering a summer special, you'll hear us look back at the lovely summer of our childhoods in 1994 from the less fun summer of 2020, and make comparisons between the two. Well, regular listeners will know by now that we record these several weeks ahead of time, so when we recorded this, the big thing happening this summer was the coronavirus and the lockdown. The protests hadn't started yet. That's why we felt it necessary to issue a notice here. Several times in the recording, you're going to hear us talk about the state of things in summer 2020, mentioning only one of its two defining events. In light of what's going on now, it sounded really weird, and I just wanted you to know that we were only being the usual amount of weird. Hope you're all alright. Black Lives Matter. Hey, boomers! Welcome to summer of 1994. It's blazing hot outside, and aren't we having a lovely time being out in the sun? Uh, <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> it's all new. It's all Sonic. This is hot holiday action in Sonic the Summer Special. One pound ninety-five. One pound ninety-five. Oh, Dave, we haven't introduced ourselves or anything. Have we not? Oh, hello. Well, I'm Dave. Uh, <clears throat> We are the humans who think we're in charge. I'm Dave Bulmer. And I am Chris McFeely. And, uh, yeah, we are... It's the summer of Sonic, as yeah. they used to say at some point that came <laughs> after this. But it is also quite applicable here. Very applicable here. This is, the, yes. this is to me, this is the one of about three summers of hardcore, it is Sonic summery time. And this just seals the deal. What we've got in our hands here is like a quite thick magazine. It's a chunky boy. It's a 52-pager. Do we need to give context for the foreigners in the audience as to what a summer special is? Go on, why not? Well, it's kind of what it sounds like. I don't know how much context is actually <laughs> Yeah, this is, I was, I'm but, just but curious to, to find out how much context you've got up your sleeve. I just meant about putting it in the larger context of yes. British comics, where mm. it was very common for a, a larger bonus edition of the Beano or the Dandy or the mm. Buster or the Beezer or, or whatever yep. to be published in the summer. Well, this is the summer special specifically, but... Sometimes they would just call them holiday specials, or you might get yes. a winter special or whatever. Um, yeah, oh, and, and, to, and to any Americans listening, hear that the word holiday special does not denote Christmas. It means the summer. Yeah, oh, yes, that's a very good point. It just, yeah, because I feel like the idea behind these was that it was something you bought and gave to your kid yep. to entertain them on the car or the plane or whatever that's what it is. You, it's when for you were journeys. going on holiday. Yep, that's exactly what it is. And um, this is no exception. And also, as well as uh, as well as the fact that existing comics would print summer specials, just stuff would. I remember having a Garfield summer special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just franchises would put out a summer special about that thing. These days, there would be a Star Wars one, for instance, that sure. sort of thing. Um, Kids were off school and needed entertaining. Yeah. And the thing is, this what, what, the interesting thing about this that's worth remembering going forward is that this isn't exactly, precisely, a Sonic the Comic summer special. This is the Sonic summer special. It's a bit funny like that, yeah. isn't it? Because it's the Sonic the Comic logo yep. on the cover, just with the summer special in place of where the comic goes. Um, and all the, the work inside is by the regular yep. creators of Sonic the Comic. And makes reference to continuity from Sonic the Comic. Does indeed. And we should actually point out that before we go any further, yes, the contents of this 48-page summer special are all original. Yeah. Um, because it wouldn't be too uncommon for a summer special to just be reprints of yeah. stuff from the regular comic, you know, maybe collecting a whole story arc together or something like that. This is all original stuff. But, but yes, it's not really 
It's mm. kind. It's only kind of sort. Of, it's not Sonic the Comic the Summer Special. Yeah. It is like a separate publication, even though you know it is by Fleetway and, yeah. and all that. I think the way that they're pitching this is they're basically hoping that this will bring in new readers because it's mm. just a Sonic Summer Special. So if you're looking at the Summer Specials bit in Smiths, if such a thing existed, I can't remember. You you know you might be wondering, oh, shall I have a Quiz Kids? Shall I have a Beezer oh, Special? Oh, Quiz Kids! <laughs> oh God, I have. I haven't thought about that in 20 years <laughs> oh chris do you remember do you remember the bit with you get a coin and rub the blank pages oh, and get the, old, the old mazes and stuff how did those even work i don't know oh, man. yeah that was see stuff like that that's the sort of stuff my mum would would like get a quick stockpile off before we would yeah. go away on holiday yeah so that if the novelty of not being at home started to yes. wear off at any point mm. i would come a quiz kids to exactly. keep somebody busy. There was, uh, under no circumstances not involving a car drive, would I have ever been in touch with the Quiz Kids at all. But, yep. <laughs> it, but if we're off, if we're driving down to Devon or somewhere, oh, there's definitely going to be a Quiz Kids in the back of the car. Probably the most my mum ever won at the game of what publication will keep the kids busy was uh, what must have been the summer holiday of, ooh, I'm going to say 1988 around there. Oh, going back. Uh, when... When Where's Wally Now came out, that did us for the week. Oh, that was oh, sorted with that. Not good for a car journey, although unless you like to, you know, prize apart all the vom to look for Wally underneath. <laughs> okay, I was gonna ask because yeah, I've <laughs> never been a very good uh, reader in a yeah. car. Yeah, I can't really do that. I was all right at it. Um, I, I think really there was only one brief time. In fact, the one time that I really got car sick from reading in the car was the year that Mum brought out uh, again on the way to a holiday. You know, we would take one or two week-long cottage holidays with around the country that sounds like we owned a cottage no you can hire them for a few hundred quid mm. cheaper than going abroad and um mum would always pull out something for the car journey and one year she brought out the tape of joseph and the amazing technicolor dreamcoat beginning oh, wow. a, a love affair with that uh, at least that tape that lasts to this day and uh, i got myself very poorly by by reading all of the tiny print saying the names of the songs. Oh, it's the focusing in on the tiny details, yes, isn't it? My, That's what gets you. My, my dad insisted it was the music that had caused the effect. <laughs> it was the text. We would usually try to get something like, uh, yeah, like an audio book or, or something yeah. that we could listen to on the way. Uh, and then maybe when we were at our location, if the novelty mm. of being away, that's when the the quiz kids would come up. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Holidays at it's, the beach. It? Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Oh, and beaches were nice in those days. Do you remember they used to be jokes? Back shops? in them days, do you remember beaches? I was never a huge beach person, to be honest. I didn't like how... I mean, not to get all Anakin Skywalker, but I, <laughs> I didn't like how sand got everywhere. Yeah, fair enough. That's a... That's a, that's a I, I didn't think of that until it was too late, so... Uh, Every, I was always like, hooray, we're going to the seaside. And then once you've had your paddle, and now your mum is grinding with a towel, getting it off your feet. Oh, it's the worst. Oh. I hit it. Oh. So, and Chris, I hear your mum likes to grind with a towel. <laughs> 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 but there used to be a love, do you remember, at the top of the beach, there would be a little shop that would sell jokes and stuff as well as your 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 long bamboo stick with a net for catching crabs sticking out the top of it oh no that's a little bit too british seaside for me oh Dave. No, yeah no, that's, that's not an that's experience i'm thinking of that was my favorite you had you, a, you're on the beach your postcard british beach holidays 
Puttsburgh Beach was a lovely one. I, I, I imagine it still is because there wasn't really any gimmicks to it. It was just a nice, clean beach, but also lots of rocks to clamber about on. Lots of rocks, lots of rock pools and little limpets. You can. There would always be one kid there on the beach who could pluck them off, but oh, you couldn't. I'm imagining little... a beach set beside a, a small town or village of some That's kind. Right, yeah, right yep. there. You just had to come up over the rise and there were the That's houses. It. No, over here in Ireland, beaches are kind of out in the arse end of nowhere. Oh, really? Yeah. But when you're coming back, you always got to poke. Oh, wait. <laughs> do you know what a poke is? No. Ah, no. Cultural so references. A poke, a poke, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is what we call a, 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 an ice cream, a, a whippy, an, an ice cream cone. Oh. The, a poke is the name we have for the cone over here. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I just sounded for a moment there like you had slightly more exciting holidays than I did. Yeah, it, it, it occurred to me after the fact, yes. <laughs> So that is the context on which you would be holding a magazine such as the Sonic Summer Special, advertising mega cool new adventures starring Sonic, Tails, Robotnik, and believe brackets, it or believe not, it or not, in brackets, Knuckles. Oh, what? And we've got a lovely Richard Elson oh, cover here. Oh, it's such a nice cover, isn't oh, it? Look at it. It's a pretty much a catch-all. You got Sonic jumping up, all fists and feet. Doing a big grin into the camera. You got Badniks around him. You got Robotnik off in the background in his egomatic, waving his little meaty fist. It's, looking at this cover makes me realise I don't yeah. think Elson ever really drew a lot of classic Badniks, did he? Do you know? You're right there. No, and, he didn't. Because look how fantastic these look. I know. So full of personality. Yeah, exactly. Look at that, look at that caterpillar creeping up over the strap line at the bottom. So huffed. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a full on multiple circles in his eyes type grouchy little face on him. Yeah. Oh, he's ever so good. Elson would usually just be doing the trooper badniks. So the classic yeah. uh, the classic animal badniks from the games we didn't see too much from him and Gosh, isn't it sad when you look at this? Oh. What we were I mean, missing out on. Yeah, he's uh, something that I'm uh, that I'm interested in is he's got what is kind of a buzz bomber, but yeah. coloured more like a buzzer from Sonic Two. But he's attached a spike ball on a chain to it. Yeah, instead that's of the kind of an bit. original cool. one. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Really good. I'd imagine this is a poster on your wall. It'd be oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, if there's a problem with it, it's simply that it's a head-on Sonic view, and those are never the best views of Sonic for a poster. No, they're not, but this one doesn't strike me as problematic. It's, oh, it's uh, not problematic, it's just if I had to choose the angle I was going to look yeah. at Sonic from, it's never head-on. No. Great, though. Love it. And, yeah, and you're looking at, you know, typical hill zone cliffs in the background and water. Oh, now, I have no actual memory of... Uh, the circumstances around which I got this. I did have this as a kid. I, I remember yeah. that much. But I don't. I didn't buy it for to go on holiday with or have right. it bought to me for holidays. Mm. Uh, so I, I think I just bought it that week in between regular yeah. issues. Yes, because this came out on the 18th of June in between issues 28 and 29. So I think I just picked it up that week. Mm. Same day as... Poster mag number five, if Megadroid is to be believed, from the <laughs> control zones. So uh, that's hopefully when you'll be hearing this, but we'll see. So do you remember under what circumstances you got this one, Dave? Actually, yes, I do. I very much do. This was a trip to what I believe may have been as much as London Zoo. Um, it was certainly... London. Uh, it was certainly a big zoo, and that, and it was unusual for us to go to any zoo other than Twycross because that was our. We had a local zoo, and we would normally go to that zoo, 
And uh, it was a nice big one, you know. No, it was the sort of zoo where you don't go like, oh, well, I'll go to a proper zoo one day. It was a proper zoo. So, for some reason, we had mounted a trip to a bigger zoo. And I, I'm so very tempted to say it was London Zoo. With, well, ambiguous in my village when something was a school trip and when it was a church trip. So I can't really tell you which it was. But my mum was there either way, which doesn't add any extra context clues, I'm afraid. She would always muck in when possible. And so there we were going around this zoo and um two things that i mainly remember from that day one is that yes the sonic summer special was produced from mum's bag which <gasps> of course the, those are bottomless of course and the other was that uh, a friend of mine uh, was reminiscing about the last time he went out perhaps even to this zoo but certainly to somewhere like it and he bought a, a little rubber stamp and so straight into the gift shop went I and uh, bought just such a rubber stamp. It was in the shape of a... Ah, yes. You remember those ones? You would have like a little figure, in this case a pterodactyl. Yeah, yeah. On the top and then on the bottom. Like yeah. a circle. In fact, yeah. I bet you, you'll have the Transformers ones, will you? Cause you know, I never did. I I've never did. two of them in this room right now behind me. <gasps> I can't be bothered to look through the thing while recording. Perhaps I'll show you later. But yeah, you'd have a, a Transformer and a round stamp. And uh, it, the stamp would be of the thing that the, that the figure was. Yeah. And in this case, it was a pterodactyl so what i was doing as per my friend's example was i was going around the zoo finding anywhere where i didn't think anyone would notice a stamp and stamping it and declaring bulmer official marking your territory marking my territory and uh, i imagine it's all been either cleaned off or faded since but i was quite sneaky about some of them i remember there was a there was a cable car we were in at one point it was the it was the sort of cable car that's a full box you know not just a seat yeah. and uh, under the window was a sort of ledge that came out went down went back in again to give you some leg room and down and i was i was stamping underneath that so hidden places <laughs> So uh, if you are a member of the cleaning staff at what may have been London Zoo or some other zoo that has cable cars, that's, uh, that's why you had to... Well, no, frankly, the fact that you sold rubber stamps in your gift shop is why you had to <laughs> You brought it on yourself. Presumably a good, I'm going to say 30% of kids who ever went through that zoo were going around stamping things. <laughs> sure, it's the same principle as the pen rack in uh, in any shop where yeah. kids have tested out the pens yep. by scribbling on, on the, the little rack. scribbly bit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that was when I had the Sonic Summer Special and and from that day I've always remembered the um you know the page of badniks. I think I've even mentioned them on this show before because Yes, you have. I I realized when we flipped to it, yes. That and the cheats page are the two pages that got reused the most. And that's why my yes. physical copy is Falling to bits. The cover is no longer attached. The first leaf no longer attached. Another couple no longer attached. The staples have worn right through this one. But all present and accounted for. Mm. All the same. And a big tear on the back cover. When do you want to cover the back cover? What is on the back cover now that you've mentioned it, Dave? Well, the back cover is an advert. Um, Chris is on scans for this one, so uh, yes. can't see it. It's What's the most exciting thing you can imagine it would be an advert for? In fact... What's the least exciting thing you can imagine <laughs> That's two different put things. an advert for on the back cover? Probably a, a page of classified adverts for classified adverts. Um, uh, mm -hmm. house prices. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more boring than that, and more stereotypically boring, in fact. Imagine, no. the, imagine the cool kid versus dweeb in the uh, Turtles 3 well. video box. Because here on, we have, yeah, very much the opposite sentiment. I better recognise it when I see it. Step into the world of stamp collecting. Ooh, yep, I recognise that. Oh, that must have been on the back of a couple of things. Yeah. Because woofed. Learn all about this wonderful hobby. Here's a free starter kit to set you off. 
And not only is it a page covered in the, you know, calls to arms for people interested in stamp collecting, um, not only is it the only advert... I'm going to look out for this going forward, but it's the only one I've noticed so far that says advertisement at the top in tiny little letters. But also... It, yes, there are pictures of stamps all over this page, but there's just lists and stuff. Like, how one, Howden Junior stamp album. Two, magnifier. Three, swap holder packets. It tells you all the stuff you get if you, oh if you join God. up. I'm genuinely having trouble even listening to your list at all. My attention's drifting. World's rarest stamp facsimile. Heck. Then there's a stamp quiz. Oh my God. Then there's a stamp competition. Those are two different things. Uh, do you? Yes, both of those things you can actually send in answers for. Now, we don't mean to perhaps <laughs> demean the philatelists in the audience. Oh, is that the word for stamp collecting? It is. That's very that. good. That well done. Um, but uh, this was the 90s when this, for some reason, yeah. I don't know why, but but this was kind of something in the popular culture that would, was a signifier of the massively uncool. Yeah, it was the go-to one. Yeah, I don't know why, but... Yeah. Higher even, I would say, than train spotting. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I, I think there was a, an international recognition of stamp collecting as mm. dorkish, whereas train spotting, I've always thought, is a very British one. Mm, right, yeah. I don't know why. And it does make you wonder, then, is this an effort to entrance the youth? Maybe. And convince them that, no, no, look at the colours and the shapes. It could be cool, kids. Look, it's on the back of the coolest comic around. <laughs> I even wonder if there was some kind of national push going on, because do you remember when suddenly we were all educated on what a penny black was? Yes and no, yeah. in that I remember it happened, but I don't remember what it is. <laughs> I think it was like the first stamp or something. Mm. Uh, this will annoy you before we move on from the stamp oh collecting. Oh boy, see, okay. See if you can see this at, at this kind of magnification. Oh, it's a true or false quiz, right? True or false. Oh, no, it's not the question that's the problem. It's the apostrophes oh. that are the problem. Oh, okay, hang on. It? Britain never puts its name on its... Ah, yes. You see that? Britain never puts its name on its stamps, question mark. I don't know. That's in the quiz. If you know that, then you can you can write in to Universal Stamp Company, Department HS22 Eastington North Humberside, DN147QG, and see if they'll send you a uh, a famous British penny lilac catalogued 40p. Ooh. So I look forward to that. That's got to be a couple of pounds in 2020 pints. <laughs> Maybe. I think it's probably very important that we get onto the Sonic content now. I think you're right. I think, <laughs> yes. Let's crack this bad boy open. And I'll tell you what, as soon as you crack it open... Yeah. That's whenever you really do get that first hit of this not really being Sonic yeah. the Comic, isn't it? We don't have Control Zone. We don't have. I mean, I didn't screen. expect a Control Zone when I opened it, but it's a it's a, it's a contents page. Is the first page, and it's a piece of uh, Ferran Rodriguez art. Uh, looks not like it was produced, but this looks like a piece of stock art he may have created at some point. Looking very much like the old uh, Japanese style guide from from the art of his that we would have seen back in issue six. Oh yes, an older Ferran. You're right. Um, as Sonic sort of just floats through space with Mobius Bloom, and it's just a contents page, but. The, it's the fact is um, there are no cr now there are no credits of any mm. kind in this anywhere in and this. by which I mean like specifically here there's no credit for an editor no. or a designer or no. anything like none of the comic strips are credited either we'll get to that in a bit it probably was Richard Burton 
But you wouldn't be sure. And no. it's definitely not the same regular designer. Because there's no Megadroid. Mm-hmm. Megadroid is not our host for this. No. And th- the font is all different, so it immediately reads as different entirely. Yeah, there's just nothing visually in common with it. But what it does do is the Ferran Rodriguez drawing we've mentioned, which is just of him essentially diving through space towards planet Mobius, just serves as a backdrop for a fairly sparse page with a bit of text on it. But what it does is it... Maybe it's because I saw it in this, but to my mind this makes it feel like a... I don't know, like a summer special, like a special. Well, when you've got a contents page, contents you know, page. that's... It's yeah, what, with numbers of pages and everything. Numbered pages, yeah. yeah. Are, but are there? There are. This is one of those publications that respectfully doesn't number the pages with comic on. The features pages are numbered, um, so you can you can extrapolate backwards from there. So uh, we'll not run through the list of contents here. No, because we're going to run through the contents... There's a little paragraph at the top that's just like, Hi, welcome to this. You've got a really good thing. And um, what they are teasing a lot here is that we're going to have some Knuckles content. Mm. And here it says, you know, in this, the first ever All Sonic special, you will meet just about at the first first little seed there that this is a general sonic product you'll meet Mm. just about everyone from mobius and that includes the sensational new character from sonic 3 knuckles Uh, but like sonic the comic the first strip the first page after the inside cover is dr sun part one now as we said, there are no credits on any of these strips, so we don't know with 100% certainty who wrote these. The internet seems to think Nigel Kitching wrote all of the strips oh. in this. I don't know that I agree no, with I don't, that. No, no I mean, perhaps, perhaps he did confirm somewhere in the lost mists of the internet that he did. Some of these strips don't read like Kitching strips. However, this first one does, I think. Is this Dr. Sun does feel like it was written by Nigel Kitching, and it's quite easy to tell that the art is by Ferran Rodriguez and the letters are by Tom Frame. When his son joins a cult known as the Followers of Dr. Sun, Emerald Hill resident Mr. Stripes asks Sonic to investigate. Sonic and Tails brave the hazards of the Mystic Cave Zone to locate Dr. Sun's compound. And that is a big indicator, of course, that Kitching did this because he's brought back Stripes. Stripes from issue number four, the little badger who uh, who got turned into a badnik. And I like the uh, very British revelation here that uh, Stripes is his second name. And all the other kids are just like, right, Stripes. We don't know what his first I mean, name is. Is it, though, or is this a Dennis's dad situation? <laughs> oh, I see. Mr. Mister Stripes, as in Mr. Yeah. Dennis. Yeah, so um, this is um, pretty rubbish. <laughs> I mean, that's a, it's one of the better strips in the special, I'll put it that way. Is that fair yeah. to say? Wouldn't you? That, that is but, fair to say. It's A lot of the content in this one, strip-wise... They're very throwaway. Mm. They're very reminiscent of early STC Sonic strips. And more than that, the strips in the yearbooks that were put together in the early days of Sonic the comic. This is coming on the heels of the Sonic Terminator. We're in a big step back here. Kitching's definitely doing his best with this Dr. Sun premise, and uh, the second part, which comes later in the special, will kick things up a bit but this first part is is it's a kind of story we haven't seen for a while it's just another sonic and tails run the features of the zone story i do seem to remember that we we visited the mystic caves earlier and there was some mention of them not including the levers to pull and here's the lever to yes. pull. yes <laughs> yes uh, we went to the mystic caves with the pirates yeah um, but all that happened was that they were attacked by the badniks that live in the mystic cave and and they had 
you know, they knocked him out. They had plot relevance. The Flashers yeah. knocked him out. Here, they just arrive in the Mystic Cave. They get attacked by a Crawlton. Flashers show up. They do the collapsing bridge with the spikes underneath. They do the, the, the spiked walls that move in. They actually do a full two pages on the spiked walls moving in, and then Tails has yeah. to fly up and pull, pull the, the lever. lever. Yeah. There's a lot of just-the-game stuff in, well, in this one. Well, now, don't forget that I've always been quite fond of those ones. I like to see stuff from the game in comic form. But the problem with it is that while we have, for instance, these two pages of escaping a trap from the game, but made into a story, dramatised as it were, it doesn't really resemble... What Farron's given us here doesn't really look Mystic Cavesy. It's just brown. No, there's there's no greens. No. Yeah. I mean, my problem with it is just that, that there is no story around it. It's just Sonic goes to the Mystic Caves and, you know, I like seeing things from the games in the comic when they serve it, but not, not whenever they're just being put in it as like, here's an, an adaptation of Sonic the Mystic Cave level, the strip, you know. It's in the second half that the actual separate plot mm. comes in. Like, to be honest, this Dr. Sun story, not not to jump ahead to a final analysis yeah. for it, it could have been a single regular seven-page strip. Yes. You could have cut all this first part well i think i think i want to defend it then i think that the reason why it's this to me seems like a good way of opening something like this assuming that we allow that this isn't necessarily the next issue of sonic the comic because if you're someone who's never read stc but you're at a service station halfway to a family holiday and you find this thing these first few pages introduce the concept of Sonic as a comic. Yeah, you're completely right, actually. You're, you're totally right. I didn't think of it like that. You probably remember this stuff happening in the game. So you're like, oh yeah, this. But then there's like a cliffhanger at the end of those first few pages going like, hey, by the way, here's a story. And then you get to the end and the story is kicked off from, from that starting point. So it's a way to ease people in. Um, although it does... It may be slightly confusing for some readers because the very first thing you see is the the grinning Kinterbor computer hovering there without explanation. Mm, that is it. Like, so much of the strip is, uh, you know, now that you've said that and as I look at mm. it, and I realise that they they do the star post travel. Yeah. They even take multiple panels to express very deliberately in the art and text that badniks have animals, have animals inside. In yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're totally right. But then, yeah, the first scene is... Johnny Lightfoot escorts a blindfolded Mr. Stripes into the Freedom Fighters' secret underground base, where where Amy's looking very sinister and the Kinderborg computer's <laughs> looking very off-model. <laughs> yeah, Farron hasn't had to draw the base before. No, this is the... I don't think I have any problem saying this is some of the worst work we've seen from Rodriguez yet. You wouldn't know it was the same artist who drew the, the illustration on the contents page. And, uh, yeah, then then all that stuff happens, and then we get to the last page. Um, and, and do some doors open? Not or? sure, because, yeah, they're yeah. standing behind a sort of zigzag hole, but... Uh, yeah, but... Let's assume they do. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, here's Dr. Sun, a little rosy-cheeked, white-bearded, um, cult-leadery type in robes with a load of very sleepy-eyed kids around him. And do we... Uh, and we hit a... A snag here, we hit a small problem because that's a human. It is. That's true. I mean, it is. I mean, I mean, it's not the f- last time we're going to have this problem in the next no, it half is hour. Not, no, but it's okay. It, it that will it emerge out okay as having been okay. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, do you know, it's funny. It never occurred to me. Hmm. Well, it's part of the separate feel of this special, isn't it, from the rest yeah. of the comic. 
No, it's not that. It no. just because the other one actively annoys me. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come to. I'm it. glad. I was looking but, forward to seeing you. Seeing but you uh, this, I don't even remember having a reaction to this originally. Huh? That's funny. I don't know why that would be the case. Maybe it's. I mean, he, he is a cute cartoonman, like those guys. Yeah, so he looks issues, like a gnome, so. doesn't he? Yeah. I've. I, did, I can't tell if he's a racist. I know it's so hard. Yeah. Why do I think it might be? I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, I can't tell if the character's supposed to be Asian or not. Exactly. Something about the hood, the name, maybe the sun stuff. Something yeah. about it does it does make me think that this is supposed it to just, be an Asian. It character. gets you in the back of your brain, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not, but it's it's not, There's nothing about. There's no. nothing, mm, we're on edge. Yeah. <laughs> Let's after their, our last foray <laughs> into this territory. <laughs> mm, but I mm, I don't know. No. <laughs> anyway, that that happens. He shows up, says, "Welcome to the domain of Doctor Sun," and behind him is a load of you know forest critters. In robes, looking sad and half asleep. Yeah. I things I want to say, but frankly, we have to wait for the second part. Yep. Because this story continues on page 45. 45. And there's really not much else we can say about these six pages. Nope. That's it. So, so what's next? Over the page... We have an article next called yeah. The History of Sonic. Another great example of how this is not Sonic the comic. You know, you exactly. finish Sonic, you expect to turn the page and see the review zone. Mm. But yeah, what we have is a two, three, three-page yep. article. That is what it says on the tin. Yeah, it's an actual, like, factual history of Sonic telling you facts, telling you that Sonic 1 came out, that Sonic 2 came out. And so forth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure about some of these facts. Yeah. The Mega Drive version of Sonic was the first game yeah. to have real 16-bit graphics. What does that mean? I mean, that's definitely just not true. Even if you use the, you know, the stretched version of saying, like, oh, real... Si like, there'd been 16-bit games, but yeah. this was the... Yeah, Sonic was a step up, but, like, not... Not, not like that. Like and reconcile these two statements for okay. me if you can, Dave. The gameplay of Sonic 1 was ridiculously simple, but crazily addictive, and it appealed to both boys and girls, one of the very few games to ever cross that particular boundary so clearly. Arse. 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 <laughs> uh, that wasn't the statement I needed reconciling, though. No. So yes, the, uh, the gameplay itself was ridiculously simple, but crazily addictive. Then describing Sonic 2 in the next paragraph, it featured an amazing new bonus round and some of the trickiest gameplay to ever challenge the most skillful hedgehog lover. <laughs> It's the same gameplay. Yeah, it is the same. That is so. Reconcile that one. No, you, you can't. I mean, it's def Sonic Two is definitely easier than Sonic One. Uh, yes, yes, it's easier. There's a weird fixation on bonus rounds. Now that uh, I've yeah. mentioned the bonus round, is Sonic Three has no less than two new bonus wow, rounds. Bonus rounds. I wonder if wow. I wonder if to the people writing this copy who perhaps wouldn't have been particularly into playing the games bonus round maybe it read to them as like bonus features like extra stuff the game also has maybe that's not what a bonus round is no i mean they're, they're trotting out that line on sonic cd talking about how it was over 70 rounds oh i'm like you're counting the time zone separately you cheaters <laughs> Probably the first place I ever learned that the soundtrack was different on the American and uh, European versions of the game, though. Oh, I must have skipped over that. Where's that? Two versions of Sonic CD were created, one for the USA and one for Japan. Each had their own special oh, soundtracks, and gosh. the Japanese version is the one available in Europe. Wow, I definitely... I mean, I skipped over that in the day because it came as a huge surprise to me when I put in the PC version and the music was all wrong. Yeah. yeah. I don't actually know 
if I know which one is which, to be honest, because I never played Sonic CD back in the day. I don't think I actually actually played Sonic CD until they brought it out on the PlayStation Store. Oh, gosh. Years and years ago. And Sonic Boom is the tune in the opening animation, but I don't know what... I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I genuinely oh, don't know gosh, which... Oh, sure, that's interesting. Well, you should get onto that. You should listen to the soundtracks. Yeah, Sonic Sonic Boom is the American version. Yeah. And, um, no, because I know the Japanese one is the... Sonic Boom. Yeah. The, basically, across the two soundtracks, you, I bet if you made an educated guess, you'd usually be able to pick which is which, because the Japanese one is like this mad mixing pot of different samples and upbeat stuff whereas the american one is kind of moodier and more guitar based they're completely different then every oh, every God. level has oh yeah no it's two completely different soundtracks except interestingly did you know that not all of the tracks in sonic cd are actually cd audio after all <laughs> it's true they're almost all cd audio but for some reason maybe because it amused them the past levels are some sort of onboard, and it's not chip music; it's samples. But it's play. I think it's played live by the Mega CD's internal, you know, music chip or whatever it is it had, uh. and it's it's good, whatever it is. So you can tell there's a difference, but it doesn't sound like it doesn't belong in the game, as it were. It's not like beep beep beep. It's not all beepy suddenly. Um, well, for some reason, the American version still uses those. I guess because it was difficult to strip them out of the game, uh. and so. They are remixes like it's one. Of, it's like Sonic Three, where each level is the same general tune in remix. So yeah, so in the American version, you get remixes of the uh, of the Japanese tunes for the past okay. levels. Yeah. But they're both they're both good albums. They're worth listening to. I feel like this goes back to our conversation about people who consider music, specifically being from games and cartoons and films, as good. Uh, maybe, yeah. Well, I'll tell you why my <laughs> the reason my attitude to Sonic CD is as an album is purely because I didn't have a Mega CD, but it didn't matter. Mm. If you had a friend who did, you just borrow the oh. CD, copy it to tape, and now you've got a tape of Sonic music. So that got listened copy to a to lot. Tape. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they also mentioned Sonic Spinball here at the end, and they trot out that line yeah. again. This was an extension of the pinball rounds featured in Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, which proved hugely popular. No! It's not. It just isn't, is it? I mean, it makes sense that that might have been why it was commissioned in the first place, that that was the brief. Yeah. But it's nothing like it at all. No, yeah, I mean, I mean... And also, they're only in Sonic 2, they're not in Sonic 1. What, are you talking about the Spring Yard Zone? Serious? Yeah, this is written by someone who doesn't know about Sonic, but it's being quite yeah. thorough. At, like, you know, kudos to them. Like, I didn't know about these CG TV adverts for Sonic CD that they tell you about here. Yeah, no, that's news to me. All right. Yeah. So, like, cool, but they obviously don't... You can tell this is someone who... Do, you might as well be reading a modern fan wiki written by people who weren't alive <laughs> at the time. <laughs> the next thing uh, is another... See, no, this is the, I feel all out of sorts now because we did the strip, then we did the text feature. Uh -huh. So I expect to flip the page and go into another strip. But it's <laughs> over the next page is... Um, Dr. Robotnik, the interview. And this one actually is credited. Yeah. The one thing in the book that's credited is transcribed by Nigel Kitching. And it's uh, it's an interview with Dr. Robotnik. Bob Scribbly Cosgrove has uh, has con has gone to visit Dr. Robotnik in his lair and uh, conduct an interview. And the tape has mysteriously been returned after Mr. Cosgrove went missing. Yes. 
I don't know if Bob Cosgrove is a reference to anything. Probably just no. The name I'm not sure. No. Just sounds like one. Doesn't yeah. It? I mean, I don't know how much we can really chat about this because it's just an interview. But it's a good laugh. It's a good it? laugh. Kitchen's yeah. Really, he's really got Robotnik's voice. Yeah. He's the, the the premise here is that you've got a Q and A. Q&A, you've got the questions being asked by Sonic the Summer Special and Robotnik answering them, and it's just a little sketch. Essentially, it's just a chat where. Robotnik is he is framing himself as the the good benevolent ruler of the planet. Yes. And he's always making excuses for the fact that like, you know, well what about the fact that animals keep fighting back and tearing apart your machines and he's like, "Oh, they just don't understand the good that I'm doing for the economy and stuff." I mean, that that's yeah, I mean, <laughs> he does actually mention the economy in here he does. somewhere, doesn't he? It was horrifying uh, just to my <laughs> just a, a laser focused bolt of horror in this where is it time. where yeah. is it when one looks around planet mobius there have certainly been a lot of changes made since you arrived why thank you no no i mean zones like the chemical plant zone the region was once a place of great natural beauty and now it's become one enormous factory belching out smoke and producing gallons of noxious liquids mobius has to face a harsh reality the pollution is a small price to pay for the profits generated by the chemical plant zone. The work undertaken here produces a vital revenue for the planet, as well as providing much needed employment for the population. You mean you actually pay the people who work there? Well, not actually pay, no. But each worker rests easy at night knowing he is playing a part, no matter how small, in the development of the Mobian economy. Some people say these workers are actually slaves, press ganged into working against their will. Do you have any comment on that? I am genuinely shocked to hear this accusation. If you give me the names of the people who say these things, I can promise you I will make a full and thorough investigation. <laughs> I don't think we can stop it there. God, uh, doesn't that feel 2020 as hell? I, um, it's... <laughs> So much has changed and so little has changed. Eh? There's almost something comforting about that. You know, there we are, like, absolutely... I take no comfort in that. I do a little bit, because here I am sat aghast at the state of things, and it's like, ah, uh, you know, twas ever thus. <laughs> twas ever thus, and it only feels worse now because our phones constantly pump yeah. the deluge of terrible stories into our brains 24-7. Yeah. But still... A small price to pay. <laughs> I do like this bit. Bob Cosgrove asks... I just think our readers might understand you better if they knew something of your background. There's a rumour that you have no memory of the past? Well, there is something in what you say, but whatever my past might have been, it is of no importance to what I am now. Before I became Robotnik, I vaguely remember being different, weak and foolish. Something happened to me and I was changed, and now my mind sees things with a Crystal clarity of... of... Madness? Not madness, you incompetent fool! As someone once said, men always think their superiors are mad. I, lo I, do, I do like that, like, from a lore yeah. point of view. I really like that fact that Robotnik has no memory of his life before he was, except for some lingering, gnawing thing in the back of his mind. And yeah. it's it's a wonder they truly never mind that. Mm. Given that the... We, we talked about that already in the, in the regular show, but uh, given that the Kinderborg computer existed, they, for some reason, never, never mind that. But yeah. um, I like the acknowledgement of it all the same. Yeah, this is a good feature. 
It is, but that's by Kitching, so what do you Meh. expect? He's good. Yeah, and then the, the comedic beat at the end, of course, is that Robotnik um, <laughs> atomizes the interviewer. <laughs> Watch where you're pointing that thing. Don't worry, I'll be careful. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and then they, they end on a little paragraph that I quite liked as well, where it says, The above is the complete transcript of the tape recorded by our Sonic Summer Special reporter. The tape was sent to us anonymously and delivered by hand. If anybody knows the whereabouts of Bob Scribbly Cosgrove, could they please contact the Sonic the Comic offices? We want the tape recorder returning. <laughs> right. It is good, no argument. But then I get hung up on that last sentence because... You don't like the returning? It's not that I don't like it. It's that I understand that colloquially it's not technically an error. But I still wonder if it's an error because there are several like typographical errors in the text pieces. Oh, possibly. I don't think that is one. I think that's an example of how Nigel talks because also, uh, uh, like this earlier in the same interview, you've got... Robotnik saying, There are always some sad, misguided souls, some ungrateful wretches who cannot accept the rule of Dr. Robotnik. And the interviewer replies, Be blue and spiky, Woody. And it's starting <laughs> with B. Be blue and spiky, Woody. That's, that is, that's just written in a certain voice yeah. that I think corresponds with We Want It Returning. Yeah, I know, like, I know that that's not necessary technically an yeah. error, but it sets, my, sets the bells flashing because <laughs> there are goofs elsewhere. There are plenty, God, yeah. No- yeah, I got. God knows, I can't actually remember what any of them nope, are. No, nope. maybe we'll spot them as we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, next is Doctor Robotnik in Test Drive, written by well, some people say Nigel Kitching. Yeah, it's very hard to credit this one to Nigel I Kitching story wise. So, no. Um, no, but art probably by Mike White to look at it and letters yes. by Tom Frame. Mike White of Golden Axe. Yeah. Dr. Robotnik uses Grimer as a moving target in a test of a new flying machine armed with a crushing hammer. But when, against Grimer's advice, he tries using the machine's untested mega-attack move, it backfires and he winds up hammering himself in the head! No, this is a four-page comedy strip that doesn't read like a fiction strip. I'd be be more willing to credit it to someone like Mark Isles. Or maybe even Alan McKenzie? No. But I don't know. That seems a, He seems a bit too far back. It's just a little bit of Looney Tunes. This is just some running about. Yeah, that's all it it's is. It's almost like it's the, more or less of a similar tone to like, you know, the end credits of Adventures or something. Just some Robotniks yeah. being thwarted by his own silly things type uh, story. Um, but do you know what happened to me as I was reading this? I really settled in and just really enjoyed this one because... Stupid though it is, and you know the yeah the all the way through it, he's got essentially a new egomatic with a big hammer on it, and robotics like, oh, I want to press the button, and when he does, it bops him on the head. But like <laughs> something about how throwaway that is, and how completely disconnected from what the personality of Sonic the comic is, where we're now starting to think of it as continuity, aren't we? We're starting to think of it as what happened mm. next. This, it really, and also, you know, maybe the fact that it's warm as I'm reading it, just made me really tune in to what it meant to have a summer special and just sit in the sun and read it, you know? Like, it doesn't mean anything. You're not concentrating. You never read a full comic or or feature all the way through and you just flip to the next thing the minute you get bored and, like, (laughs) sometimes you go back to see if there's anything you missed and, you know, you find yourself getting really bored because you're still in the same car journey. You haven't got anything else to do and so you're now going over the stuff that you kind of skimmed 
Oh, well, <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's an incredibly, yeah. And I have that very specific feeling associated with a different issue of Sonic the Comic, which we'll come to in, in the years to oh. come. But uh, I can't be as charitable to, to this trip <laughs> as you, unfortunately. It puts me in mind of nothing so much as the rubbish stories in the yearbooks, yeah. the, the Looney Tunes. It's one of those. Capering in those, and I, it's not what I want out of my Sonic. Even the early Sonic the comic Sonic strips yeah. were not this rote. No, if it wasn't for the presence of Grimer, I would think that this was one of the scripts that they just turned away for the yearbook. It's it's like that. Yeah. It's an old one, the way it feels. I mean, it's it's, as you say... Grimer makes it modern, and it is the current updated Adventures Robotnik design as well. I mean, Mike White draws a fantastic Grimer. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. It's a wonderful... He's not not a cartoonist, though. So his Robotnik is okay, and his Sonic... We see a a Sonic-shaped practice dummy that Robotnik smashes. His Sonic is a living disaster. (laughs) I mean, it's like those cameo Sonics that appeared in Golden Axe and things, Mm. isn't it? I can't imagine anybody actually seriously drawing a Sonic the Hedgehog strip starring Sonic T. Hedgehog and and drawing him looking like that. But he draws a fantastic Grimer. It looks wonderful. Well, it's because what he's doing with Grimer is he's taking the basic human shape of him and he's... You know mm. he's able to lean on that, so he he just he looks essentially like a guy, but kind of gross looking. But that leads to something really odd, doesn't it? Yeah, when when Grimer's being chased down the corridor of the Egg Fortress in the Special Zone, um, there's a there's a people there. There's just a little scientist man in a, in a little yep. balding, ordinary looking, full on human man, Arthur Lowe looking scientist human. <laughs> Yeah. Just there. How's it going, Grimer? About the same as usual. Oh, I see what you mean. Come back here and get smashed. Um, yeah. See, that should have been a bad nick or something, shouldn't it? Yeah, or, or, yeah, a bad nick or. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. Well, basically, it's hard to imagine it being anything else. Like, it could be another scientist, but what would it be? Yeah, that's basically that's that should have been the reception, Nick. Yeah. I can definitely imagine the reception is going, How's it going, Grimer? Oh, yeah, exactly. about the same as usual, I see. Mm. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's nothing to say here. It's a little throwaway four-page strip that feels a few years out of date, but um, has some interesting artistic flourishes from yeah. Mike White. Next, a whole, a full-page reproduction of a photograph already printed, tiny, in a little tiny Is box. Is this the in, same uh, photo? I didn't go back to compare them. Okay, hands up, neither did I, but it must be. Okay, let, well, hang on, it's not too hard to do it. When was it? No, well, I don't know, that's why I haven't done it. Yeah, well, no, I, we had someone on at the time. Was it Abby Dent? Oh, I think yeah. it was, M people. That's number five. Search for the, search for the hedgehog inside yeah. yourself, yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the same photo. <laughs> and it's the Sonic costume standing with its arms either around or in one case being supported it by is indeed. the band M people who were a band at the from time. that time. How would the young yep. people today possibly know M people? Well, I don't know. Is Search for the Hero Inside Yourself still using adverts? They did a couple that were uh, pop-culturally referenced. Harry Hill used to do a joke on One Night in Heaven. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. 
Is that would have been in all the way through TV, but but they did moving on up, which was... oh yeah, moving on up as well. Oh yeah, okay, right. They did enough then that it well, doesn't... they had a, they were one of those bands that had an extremely specific sound. They and did, so yes, like the uh, Venga to, Boys, yeah, yeah, like the Venga Boys or you know, Lighthouse Family or something, where you're like, yeah, that's their song, but actually you're thinking of three songs. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. They're just yep. smiling. They're, nothing's happening. They're just in a photograph. That's that, and it says. I'm coming home to you. This is me hanging out with top popsters M people. Yeah, suddenly and Sonic is narrating the captions. Yeah, not not for the last time the conceit that the weird-looking costumes of Sonic and Tails are actually them in real life. Please don't insult my intelligence. I have a comic to read here. <laughs> so we turn the page, and what we get is a full-page bio of Tails. Now, this is my jam. This yeah. is what I'm here for. Yeah. This is, it's one of only two profiles in the special. It seems like this could have been a whole dedicated feature if save you from reprinting sideways photos of M people and they would do it again in, in a future summer special but uh yeah this like this, and this is again nigel had to have written this because it talks about how uh tales as people live in the mysterious land known as the nameless zone when he wanted more from life than his home could offer tales left to make his fortune in the emerald hill zone which due to an embarrassing mix-up he believed the streets of were paved with real emeralds and that's great i love that that's very very five almost go it's <laughs> Yeah. And you see here, Tails may have many fine qualities, but no one ever claims Brains was one of them. And he's not like... That's my mental picture of STC's Tails. He's not stupid. He's just a little dim. He's lacking in common sense. He's lacking in street smarts like Sonic. He's a bit naive. I was even wondering as I read this, was that what you read? Because you had a very Might have been what put it in my hand, Yeah. yeah. My hind? Your- <laughs> Might have been what put it in my mind, yeah. What put it in your hind? <laughs> oh, it's this firm chair I'm sitting <laughs> on. And there's a, uh, there's a picture of him running yeah. along near the sea. Another Ferran Rodriguez joined. Another joint. Ferran. I get based on the Japanese style guide again. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder when these things were done. Yeah. I wonder if they just set him to work at one point and he just, pages yeah. of Sonic are coming out of him and they're like, oh cool, uh, I'll make that a uh, poster. Oh cool, that can be a summer special. Uh, speaking of tails, then on the facing page, we have a tail strip. Tails. Attack of the Badniks. Again, the internet thinks this was by Kitching. Not so sure. The banter between Sonic and Tails doesn't feel quite right, but again, the art is visibly by Mike White, and the letters are by Tom Frame. While on his way to the Freedom Fighters base, Tails is set upon by a squadron of badniks. With bravery and superior flying skills, he manages to take them all out, save one. Luckily, Sonic turns up in time to save him from the last remaining robot, but of course, there's no way he'll ever believe that Tails managed to defeat a whole army of badniks on his own. Again, this is very early STC feel. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost looking at it with fresh eyes. I don't remember reading this when I read this yesterday for this podcast. <laughs> I know, right? It's very <laughs> forgettable, too. I feel like the only truly notable thing about it is that it's got that weird skeleton egg yeah. helicopter head badnik that, that um, guy. Brian Williamson drew back in issue 14. Yeah, that's becoming a, an STC-specific badnik guy now. I guess I guess what you do... I've Actually, I've always sort of wondered this. Like, To what extent were they given reference? Were they faxed sheets of artwork to look at or whatever or did they like what did they have and apparently what mike white had here was at least involved that issue you you assume because we are working on the assumption that those were an original badnik design created by the artist of that issue i mean which, uh, 
can't I, think I of them. I assume they were, but they're not from I don't know. Game, whenever splats can tend to pop up sometimes, you never know what reference material they had to work from. But again, what's there to say about the strip itself besides that? There's nothing to say about it. I mean, actually, there. I, look at that heinous Sonic on the last page. <laughs> yeah, even though up till there, again, I think the art is good. Yeah, Mike White, turns out, draws a nice little Tails. Yep. Um, seems to be, again, referencing the uh, animated series model sheet. Yes, they've like. clearly been delivered a new sheet that has the, the animated version of Tails on but it. But his Sonic is the same heinous statue figure from the... Uh, from the previous strip. There is something a bit merchandise looking about it. What he's doing is he's not... Oh, that last panel the last in panel. particular, uh, like, uh, that's a badge that's been traced or something. I mean, it is a badge. I think it's the STC badge that came with issue two or three or whatever it was. But, like, he hasn't quite figured out how Sonic spikes integrate with the rest of the character. Yeah, they're just sort of... They're, all there they're like they? a, they're like a sort of a like a dinosaur's frill fan uh, on the back of him, something like that. Mm. Um... So yeah, he's and and when Sonic does a spin attack, it looks very much like it's copied from the sprite and so on. But he's figured out tails. Yes, his tails looks very nice. Yeah, I don't mind the I don't mind the second Sonic he's drawn though. It's no, not, it's not too bad, but it's hard to imagine it moving or doing. Yeah, anything. it's not quite right. You see, again, he's drawing a hedgehog there. He's gone. He's the spikes going down his back are like part of a, a single head and body shape that Sonic the character doesn't quite have, or at least not at this point. You know, very early on he, he did. So maybe he's. Looking at old drawings? I don't know. Well, we've never thought of Mike White as a Sonic artist anyway, so it's a little odd even to see him here on these... I think he might have done some of the art for the yearbooks, though. Yes. So that, that's kind of the feel that, that that is caused here, but I don't think anybody would have ever called him a Sonic artist, and I can't remember any instances of him drawing any Sonic-related strips for the main book itself. No, no, me neither. Just a madman! Just a Feeling blue? Question mark. Console yourself every fortnight with Sonic the Sonic Comic. Sonic the Comic. It's an advert for the comic, of course. And again, presented as though it's like, oh, by the way, did you even know? There's also a comic of this. It's the Sonic's World cover of Sonic kind of, you know, holding out his hands and presenting the Mobius to you from space. Six cover. I think so, yes. And it says, Sonic the Comic is guaranteed to take you to the next level. The UK's official Sega comic features your favourite Sega superstars in sensational action strips every two weeks, plus mega prizes, hot news, top tips, and regular reviews of all the new releases for the Sega game systems. Zone in on your news agent and order Sonic the Comic today. It's a whole new world. A video game adventure for just £1.10. And it is at this point, reading the summer special, as I, I have... I have the summer special in my hand. I have the sun beating down upon me. I have this advert. And I'm like, oh, what we've lost. This, <laughs> this Childhood. Yeah. Well, this time when... I don't know that there's an equivalent of this now for kids. Like, it's, you know, they have the internet now. I, I, okay, that what you've given me there is a completely different thing that kids can be perfectly entertained by. But why aren't there summer specials and... You know, it's... I think they still make summer specials for the Beano. Maybe they do. I would like to go and check the shops, but I'm not going to. Not yet. No. <laughs> I see that all the fonts on that ad are correct as well, so that really looks like an ad for Sonic the Comic, yeah. whereas the rest of this doesn't. You know, because that, that's something that 
actually I meant to mention, but I realize I haven't at all, is that every one of the strips in this and the contents page, and uh, I think some of the articles too, all use the same wonky font. Oh, the, yeah. The, the titles. Yeah. Um, so they're all the same thing, and it, it's not, it doesn't look like Sonic the Comic. No. The typesetting is all wrong. No, <laughs> it's just a whole different design set. So then you see that advert, and it's like, oh, oh, oh there's what I needed. There's yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose that this is the right place to put the the correct fonts, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, give me some of this stuff back. Give me something to get into now. I need a new franchise. I need I need a new obsession, Chris. I need something to put, buy comics of and summer specials and novels and little frisbees and badges. <laughs> what i need i don't think you need it i need it you want it i need it i think the the business of actually having to do it is another thing entirely oh yeah that's the thing there's probably that many of these and every time i've gone like well i'm not going to engage with that yeah (laughs) Uh, so yeah after then the advert page i I get excited i'm living Mm. in hope now because it's sonic the pinup and um this is a familiar piece of art. It's a double page yes, spread. Tell me why. Uh, Sidey ways. Yes. So you you know you pull out the two center pages of the comic and it's a it's a it's a mini poster. Why do I know this cover though? Oh dear! This I image. thought you were going to tell me. No. Yeah. I don't I can't place it. I don't know. Was it a cover? How about I go riffling through the early copies? Riffle away. Oh oh oh! It's two. Oh, it's two. It's. Issue number two! It's issue number two. Sonic doing a bounce of a big checkerboard landscape with mountains in the background. And that's a nice, simple, like, minimalist poster. It is. uh, Something I'd like to... And I'm going to have to show you this on screen, Chris, because I have the physical copy here. But look at the remarkable difference between the colour balance on these two versions of it. Uh... I don't know if it shows up enough on my webcam, but, like... The actual issue, too, he's quite a light blue, and in the poster, he's very, very dark blue. They've got the slider turned right up. So I say I'm hopeful because we've got just an ad for Sonic the Comic on the back half of uh, of one of these sheets of paper. These are the center pages of the magazine, so yes. the idea is you just pull them out, yep. tear them up off at the staples, and there you go. And on the back half of the left leaf is just that ad for Sonic the Comic. Then, sadly... Yep. On the back half of the right sheet, as we flip the page, we see one half of a double-page spread of Speed Lines Overspill. Speedlines. Yep. And it's not a vital page to keep in your publication, but it does mean that if you remove the poster, it would just say The Spill. Yes, you've just only got half of a double-page spread at yep. that point. Yeah. And this is... Um, well, it's speed lights, isn't it? Except it's, it's not... It's more graphic zone, isn't it? Well, first of all, Megadroid is here. Yes. Yes, Megadroid is actually here on the page, and um, he's not actually hosting the page. They just talk about him as the host of yes, Sonic the Comic point. and how he called for uh, people to send their letters and art in. Do, well, it doesn't say who he is. It just says, hey, boomers, the mighty Megadroid, and there's a picture yeah. of him, asked for your input, and pow, it happened in a big, big way. So, yeah. In the launch issue of Sonic the Comic way, way back in May of 93, the server droid requested boomers to send in letters and drawings. So, yeah, they they are talking about Sonic the Comic as if it is yep. a separate publication, which I don't feel like the future summer specials would do, but I don't remember them as well. So, yeah, what this is, is a collection of pictures and artwork sent in by kids to Sonic the Comic, which are being printed here now because there's no room in the regular comic. And yes, they do win a Sonic Water Fun game. 
Hey! Far too many to really go through here altogether. What ones jump out at you, Dave? Yeah, well, we've got a double-page spread covered in drawings. We've got some of it, the, the sort of thing you'd expect to get. Uh, Sonic Airways is a picture of, you know, Sonic standing on Tails' plane as they go along, like what they do in Sonic 2. It's a memorable bit. That is copied from issue 6, I so think. So it whenever is. Whenever they, they leave. But <laughs> I love how that is from Julie Mallinson of Leeds. And then just down to the bottom right, Richard Gregory of Lee has sent in a picture of Sonic becoming a warrior from the legend of the Golden Axe. <laughs> that is so visibly copied from the same piece of artwork. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's wow! You're in right. exactly the same pose, oh my God, but with like exactly a with a, a horned helmet and an axe and shield, <laughs> dressed up as a Viking, though. Yeah. Um, oh, I never spotted that. You're right. There's a, uh, and we're not going to make. I mean, of course, they're copying individual Sonic drawings. No, it's, it's just, just a, amusing that they've a, set them next to one yes, another. Yes, it's like an that. odd bit of a layout problem there. Um, speaking of which, um, top right hand page, you've got the cover of uh, Metal City Mayhem. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, copied in one of the Sonic game books there. Copied maybe. in two separate drawings, um, presumably from the same person. One of the Sonic, one of the Tails. And, uh, yes, both from Marnie McLean. Great Marnie, name. Great name, McLean. Editorial note. <laughs> yeah. From Inverlocky? Invalocky? Uh, that's why I left it out. I'm going to say from Inverlocky. Um, and yeah, the uh, Sonic there is supposedly in the jungle zone. And there's a. They've added some stuff, you know, he's climbing trees and there's a little mm. speed shoe monitor in the background. Tails, I'm not sure where he's supposed to be. Chemical plant zone. Chemical plant yeah. looking with the pink goo. What else we got? Um, a very archist idea here from <laughs> Michael Hayward of Shrewsbury uh, Sonic and Tails as babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's archist down to the ground, isn't it? Yeah, the, Tails is in a, a baby onesie thing, crawling along mm-hmm. and, and with a dummy in his mouth and. Sonic is slightly older. He's got little glasses on. He's saying his that's alphabet. That's such a that's a, a weird note for to to signify someone as a child is to put glasses on them. Yeah. What's he holding in his hand? Is it a stuffed animal or? Uh, he's got in one hand. He's got what I think is a stuffed rabbit. If I turn it to the side, ah, it, it looks that, like yeah. it's got dangly ears. But then the other hand, he's got a book that says maths. Ah, he's learning. Yeah, and they've got um, you know those you know those blocks with letters on that you have to draw in the background of any picture of a baby. Oh, with a baby, exactly. Uh, Carl Bishop of Bucks has sent in uh, Robotnik in a little jail cell, <laughs> hating that hedgehog, <laughs> looking sad and thinking about Sonic, going ha ha ha. <laughs> and I, I do love this little pair of anti Mario propaganda pieces that round <laughs> out the uh, the page. Andrew Christensen from Fixby has sent uh, Sonic on a uh, skateboard with a little speech bubble that says, Hey, Mario, eat your dungarees. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, Craig Moss of Prestatin has sent in Streets of Raging Blue Hedgehogs, where Sonic is kneeing Mario in the nose. Am I reading that right? (laughs) Um, You are, yes. Correct. Oh, and producing blood therefrom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah. I have to chuckle about the fact that the way they overlaid these artworks means that Sonic <laughs> on a skateboard is covering up the name yeah. of of uh, Craig's piece, so they just have to say in the caption, Streets of Raging Blue Hedgehogs is the title of this artwork. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've covered it. It's Streets of Ragblu. Um Leaving us only with just a quite sweet drawing of Sonic and Tails um, standing next to each other with their arms around each other, but that <laughs> that's sent in by someone who is listed here as Stephen brackets I'm 10 and brackets Gubbins. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh, should you? Stephen Gubbins and a, I don't I don't know why they've chosen to just say like give him the quote I'm 10. I assume he must have he written it on it. the back of the arm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I assume I'm 10. 
Q-Zone. Speaking of gobbins, uh, over the page we have uh, the Q-Zone special. Yeah. Another another actual bit of um, STC influence here. It's, it's actually called the Q-Zone special, mm-hmm. where they give us all the cheats for Sonic... Well, all the cheats for Sonic 1 and 2, and then a Game Genie code for Sonic 3, yes. as opposed to any of the uh, actual button press cheats, which I guess hadn't been discovered yet as that, at that point. That's right. Now, this was my source for Sonic 1 and 2 cheats. Mm. This was this was the page I would have open next to me after that fateful Christmas when I finally got the games. Well then, can you explain this one to me? <laughs> no. I think you know which one I'm going to ask. Go on. Because a lot of, all of these, these are just the cheats, you know, up, down, left, right, A and start yeah. for the level select and um, basically it's the, the level select for both games, the debug mode for both games, Supersonic for Sonic 2. Um, if you, and this is for Sonic 1, yeah. if you want a strange Sonic... <laughs> When Sonic speeds across the Green Hill Zone after killing Dr. Robotnik, hold down A, B, and C together. Keep them held down, and Sonic will become a strange Sonic. A strange Sonic. No, I've they must no be talking idea. about the end of the game here. After you beat Robotnik in the Scrap Brain Zone, and he's doing the run through the Green Hill Zone um, uh, before yeah. the final sequence. Yeah. But um, I fired up the old Mega Drive Mini and oh, yeah? selected to the final zone, and I held them down, and nothing happened. So I don't know. Uh, what does this mean? And, and I can't find anything online either because I didn't. I didn't bother typing "strange." Well, no, because no. that wasn't going to get me anywhere. I was just going to get me a load of fan art. I typed "Sonic the Hedgehog," you know, sixteen bit or Genesis or whatever. Hold down A, B, and C in yeah. quotes, and you no, know, couldn't get anything at all. No, I. If have anybody out there knows, no idea. please do let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also liked in Sonic Two. Bring on the superheroes. Yeah, I also fired up the Mini Mega Drive to try this one out because I couldn't remember. I'm sh- I'm sure I did this cheat yeah, back in the day. It's just so convolutedly it, written yeah. that I don't know yeah. what cheat it's referring to. Yes, it is very convolutedly written, but basically what you do is you put the debug mode and the supersonic cheats on at the same time. Okay. And then whenever you go into the game, you hold A and start until the thing starts. Yeah. It's basically a way to have supersonic and a super kind of tails at the same time. Mm. This is, you know, before before Sonic 3 would make super tails right. a real thing. You collect 50 rings, then you enter the debug... It says without bashing a TV. You enter the debug okay. mode, print a television, yep. then come back to normal, pop the TV, and that turns tails into super tails. And it'll also turn, because you jumped, it'll also turn Sonic into supersonic. Yes, but what it says is, press C and Sonic turns blonde. (laughs) Right, yeah. But the sprite changes and everything. But Mm. you're not invincible. Right. You are super fast, but you can still be hurt and lose your rings. So then, that's why it says you have to get rid of Sonic's rings, then collect another 50. Because that then turns you into the proper invincible supersonic. Oh, right. And uh, and yeah, so the, yeah, the, it's just that bit in the middle. Press C and Sonic turns blonde. Smash yeah. the TV and Tails starts going crazy with stars and flashing lights above his head. I don't know what the thought process behind putting that in there was, because Tails is invincible already anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Next, the next page is a full-page profile of Knuckles. Knuckles the, the profile and as you open that page to see Knuckles on the left-hand page, on the right-hand page, it's Knuckles again in an actual strip. Oh, so this yeah. is the moment where Knuckles lands in STC, and what a moment. Here he be. He's pink. 
as we all knew, was correct and right. Yeah, although in the strip, he's sort of purpley, isn't he? Well, he's pink in the art for the profile because it's the it's that piece of promotional art where, yes. where he's pink. But yes, in the in the comic strip itself, he's quite purpley. Yeah, which is not the last time he would appear in those colours in Sonic the Comic either. And who knows why that is. So this is how Knuckles is introduced to us, the readers of STC. Back when he was, I mean, I'll go into it at greater length elsewhere, readers, but this, you have to remember that Knuckles was possibly the most exciting thing possible, like since Metallics. Knuckles is an echidna, and as everyone knows, an echidna is a creature which is skilled in burrowing and is a relation of the hedgehog. Although, to look at Knuckles, you would never guess it. Knuckles is the last surviving member of his species on Mobius, and lives alone on the floating island, a place that most of planet Mobius believes to be only a legend. Law already, they're just making that up. But the floating island really exists, and once it was populated by an ancient and mysterious civilization, a civilization that vanished many years ago. So now, Knuckles waits for his people to return, as the prophecy says they one day will. He waits and he guards the island's chaos emeralds, which are the source of the island's amazing floating power. Knuckles is 15 years old! Don't be doing it! Don't do it! Don't be telling me ages! (laughs) No, he's not! Knuckles is 15 years old, and his great responsibilities have made him a serious-minded individual. He is athletic and clever, with amazing strength, the perfect guardian for the island's all-important Chaos Emeralds. He's able to burrow under the ground with ease by using the specially adapted Knuckles. But more than this, Knuckles knows all the mysteries of the floating island, the secret passageways, the hidden traps. On his own territory, Knuckles the Echidna is virtually unbeatable. Oh, cool. Ooh, they had set oh. him up as the, the, the bloke to beat, hadn't they? Yeah, well, that makes him sound really cool. Now, see, what we've got here is not just a sort of rival to Sonic, not just the, the new villain that he was at this point in Sonic 3. That was, that was his, that was his mm. role in the series. He was the new villain. Um, but it, now, we, and, I, and I don't know how much of this comes from the manual, I can't remember, but like he's been set up here as having labyrinths you know, he's got yeah. mazes and traps and, you know, fighting him is going to be, like, really interesting and involve a lot of exploration. And also he's going to be unbeatable. It just sound, makes him sound really cool. Yeah, because I, I remember that um, some of the early strips would, would have, like, oh, the secrets of the floating mm. island and stuff like that, that that weren't really a thing in the games. Eh. No, not really. Well... We talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, I think, but the game lore and exactly what the deal with the floating island and its emeralds was supposed to be, I I don't think we had a proper picture of it in the English language speaking world. I still don't know, really. Yeah. I mean, the the first zone, of course, being called the the Angel Island Mm -hmm. zone, and yet the comic refers to as the floating island. The floating island, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I prefer the name floating island. Oh, really? Um, I think I well I'm no you know what I'm fairly indifferent. Uh-huh. I always thought that Angel Island was just the name of a a, a, a zone within the Floating Island. Yeah, because that, yeah. you know uh, how can it be the Angel Island zone when the whole game takes place on the Angel Island? I mean, I think the the way that me and my friends uh, looked at it was that that was like another island on the island or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just a cool name for us. You know, the zones have weird names. Crystal Egg Zone. Angel yeah, Island Zone. True. It just sounded like a zone name to us. So, see, there's something about the floating island just being so direct about yeah. what it is that it conveys the simple fantasticism of the concept more so than Angel Island. It's like Miracle Planet. It's actually it's like it's like Miracle Planet versus Little Planet, but the other way around. Where Floating Island is a much more literal name, the yes. same way Little Planet is. Yeah. 
but it's more evocative somehow. And the thing is, as far as I was concerned with my law head-on, yes, if STC said it was called the Floating Island and not Angel Island, then that was what it was called. Yes, all, yeah. But more than that, even more than that, we can take it up a level. The manual called it the Floating Island and did not oh, call did it, it yeah. Angel Island. In the, in, in the UK, anyway. Uh, that was my next question, because you know how it be. Yeah. Um, yeah, so th- there was there was no suggestion that Angel Island was anything other than the name of that first zone, unless you just thought about it for ten seconds and went, oh, evidently that's the name of the island, because it says... <laughs> no, I refuse to think. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Knuckles in Guardian of the Chaos Emeralds. Written and drawn by Nigel Kitching, letters by Tom Frame. No doubts about the credits on oh, that. Absolutely no doubt there. Last of an ancient tribe, Knuckles the Echidna stands guard over the legendary floating island and the Chaos Emeralds that keep it aloft in the skies over Mobius. Investigating what he believes to be the crash of a meteor on the island, he discovers the wreck of Dr. Robotnik's Death Egg and the evil Doctor himself, who immediately begins spinning lies about Sonic to trick the naive Echidna into joining his side. Yep, this is the the prologue to Sonic 3. This is the yeah. story of how the Death Egg crashed on uh, the floating island. It was it a four-page strip uh-huh. that um, tells us how the Death Egg crashed on the floating island and how Knuckles met Robotnik. This is so cool. This had so much value to me. Yeah, because it's it's like a it's a prologue to Sonic 3 and it's also a prologue to STC. Yeah, because it'll be it it'll be a couple of months yet, but. Uh, yeah, but but whenever STC gets around to adapting Sonic Three, it's like yeah, Part One was in the summer special. Hope you didn't miss it. <laughs> yeah, True Believers had it, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it made you feel elite. Yes, and here it just it was just a, a teaser. It was a sneaky teaser that's like yeah, don't worry about it. Knuckles is going to be in this. We're not just ignoring it. Sonic Three, it's happening. Look forward to it. And oh boy, we did. Um, something I really appreciated reading it through this time is that back in, I think it's, yeah, it must be in the Robotnik interview, they do make reference to the Death Egg and the fact that yes. now it's been destroyed or at least it's, or it's been knocked out of the sky or whatever. And so later yeah, in the same publication... Yeah, that doesn't seem right, though. How come? It feels like they're talking about its defeat in Sonic 2. Still, earlier they've said yeah. that the Death Egg has been defeated in they some way. They mentioned the Death Egg. You turn yeah. the page a few, a few times and there it is, falling out of the sky in story form. It... It all paints this big picture of a coherent story going on. Yeah, because I suppose it's important to mention that because of the simple nature of uh, Sonic the comic and the the big time gap between Sonic Two and Sonic Three um, within the comics timeline and the you know the six month time travel storyline and everything yeah. as well. Not to mention, of course, the um, Death Egg itself actually reappearing very early in the comic is that um, it will be clarified later that this is not the same Death Egg as from Sonic Two. This is the Death Egg Two. This is you know obviously what Robotnik managed to put up there in orbit um after the six month time gap when sonic wasn't there to stop him oh yeah and it has only crashed because well we assume robotnik is being honest here when he says that um the main engines of the death egg failed it actually was technical failure that uh, brought this one down and not <laughs> hedgehog related failure <laughs> um Give me every page that Nigel Kitching has ever drawn so I can read them all. I just I I love looking at the way he makes comics out of the shapes that he makes them out of. It's a, it's such a unique style. It makes me want to draw. 
the interesting thing, of course, is that this was like early days of Knuckles, and so he still had quite a big womble nose in those days, <laughs> which I think is good. I think that distinguishes sure, his visually distinguishes him yeah. from Sonic. Yeah, I, I think they should have kept that. I mean, it's because an, an echidna Did is a STC. Get rid of it. Or you just referred to Sonic? In general? I mean, Sonic in general, but yeah. you know, but it, but it does. Well, there's a lot of things Sonic in general. Yeah, have well, kept. yeah. <laughs> but it does shorten down over time his nose, doesn't it? As he becomes a more familiar character in both the series and the comic. Here, it's. I mean, look at the top of page two. It's a full-on. It sticks out for miles, and like. Well, he's supposed to be an echidna. Isn't he? Exactly, they're snuffly, burrowy animals that that's very appropriate for. So yeah, spiny anteater. So in the same way that. You, you know, really because of the influence of Adventures of Sonic, Tails' foxy snout kind of just became a Sonic nose as well. And, well, uh, Tails didn't have a very sticky Audi nose at the best of times. No, but at least in Sonic 2 he had something of a, a squared off yeah, no, sort I can of muzzle, see, Yeah, I'm picturing it in my mind's eye, I can see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's a shame that those things had to change, I think. I agree. But uh, it's just nice to see a bit of artwork from Nigel. And he, he does. It is. He, draw, he draws a good array of pipes, does Nigel. There's a lot of pipes here. Good bits of rubble. I like the design of the little mini camera that comes yeah. out of the Death Egg and leads Knuckles through the wreck to Robotnik. It's like it's covered in eyeballs. Yes, or lined with polos, depending on which way you decide to look at it. <laughs> well, it's a seeing device, so I'm going to go with eyeballs. <laughs> Keep reading Sonic the Comic to find out what happens next. Yes. Oh, such an enticing little promise. Mm. And they were right. It's a full-page photograph next of the Sonic costume again. Uh, this yep. time leaning on, well, simultaneously leaning on a, a racing car and a racing driver. Yeah, no identity for the racing driver, but... Uh, no, they've got a helmet on. The reason that you can't see which driver it is, if it even is one, is because they're wearing the helmet that has Sonic on it. So obviously they had to be wearing that. I don't recognise this picture. It, uh, we've definitely seen photos of Sonic with racing drivers, but I think... Oh, so many. So many. Point. But I think usually the point of those was what racing driver it was, specifically Damon Hill. Friend of the show. This, the point, is the Sonic drawing on the helmet, which would be too small in the usual print sizing. Yeah, that's true. Welcome to This screen. is a full pager. Compo! 130 prize winners and counting in this megatastic Sonic Tomy competition. Rev up those power sneakers because there's masses of Sonic toys and games for masses of winners in this loot-laden competition. Tomy, the ace toys and games company, have pressed the Sonic Go button and created a mega range of powerful products, all starring the famously fast Blue Hedgehog. And Tails and the eternally evil Dr. Robotnik are featured too. Check out this list of T-Rific Tomy prizes and actually let me tell you it's got to be all the stuff we've seen before right like the, the mountain game and the pinball and the water wizard there may even be some new stuff <gasps> hey I recognise one of those that you and I had a go on the last time we were in the same room together <laughs> that's right because they've added to the to the, set, the list of prizes something that I absolutely treasured Sonic Duel. Let Sonic and Dr. Robotnik loose on one another with the ingenious dueling spinners. The duelist left standing is the winner. This... Oh, one time right, I was round my mate's house. That's the one who you heard talking over Aladdin a couple of episodes back. 
And um, we went to the nearest toy shop down the road from where he lived. And they had this wonderful little contraption. You get a little arena. You get two little guns into which you screw these little figures with pointy bases. You release them and they spin round and bash into each other. And whoever's one falls over first. Like Beyblades did years later, but yes. with little figures instead. And one is Sonic and one is Robotic and therefore better. Clearly. I'm sure we have a video of us playing with those. And I will put that yes. on the Twitter. There is a, a Sonic... This brings back memories... Sonic Chargey. Do you remember Chargey? No. I will show you a picture. Oh, it's a little car. Yes, now I remember. It's a sweet little car, the Chargey. It was, imagine a radio control car, but little. Not micro machine little, but quite little. Dumpy. Yeah, and you had a, a very simple but quite big handheld controller. Two buttons. Also, did you have one of these? The Sonic Puzzle Ball. I did not. I've got one of those right here. It's in my Sonic box. And it was basically... Uh, you have to take photo for the Twitter. Yeah. Imagine... Okay, take the concept of a Rubik's Cube, but turn the cube into a ball, make it a white ball instead of covered in different colours, and it's got a 3D raised image of Sonic on one side and Tails on the other. And the reason I say it's the concept of a Rubik's Cube is that you twist this ball, and of course the pieces are more like triangles because it's a, it's a yeah. ball, but you twist it up... And then you try and, you know, get the patterns back together again to make the 3D Sonic and Tails match up again. And it was, it was quite uh, that was quite fun. Also, they're giving away the smaller versions of the cuddly toys. A Sonic Flexi Friend. That are bendy rubber figure. Yeah, bend Sonic's arms and legs any way you want to create great action poses. It's a, a little bit, actually, of a, a, it's a slightly archy looking one. Look at the state of his eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, eyes that cover most of his head there. A Pat Speciante special. And then something called Sonic Cyclone, a knockout game for two to four players. As the centre spins, you've got to stop those rings shooting into your goal. It looks like a sort of a mechanical arena game. I thought it was kind of a Beyblade thing again, but no, but it's not, is it? It's like the, the, it, it must whip things at you and you're supposed to Yeah, block I think them. what it is is that you've got rings, quote-unquote, which are just yellow discs, and you put them on a a base that is itself spinning round, and then you have to just hope that the bits don't get in your goals. And Oh, I see. You've got a Sonic and you've got a Tails uh, and a couple of other characters that are in. you can sort of mix and match them. Um, and they are like a stand-up shield with the characters drawing on that's on a sort of a bendy slot. So you slide them back and forth. It's a bit like a, you know, a breakout game, essentially. You're sliding the, the paddle back and forth to block mm. the things from going in your goal. It actually looks like it'd be really fun. I'd quite like a go on one of those. So they're going to be giving away prizes like that. What do we do to get that, Dave? Well, what you do is you study the picture of our pinball machine and you oh. will see lots of letters. And what they mean by the picture of the pinball machine, it's not the one they're giving away. It's just a picture of Sonic in a spin attack pose. It's just the, the stock picture of that. And he is in um, a load of grey balls, like pinballs, that have letters on. And they've drawn these two very, very, you know, somebody with a vector program has done what you could do in 1994 and made two very simple shapes to basically resemble paddles. And what you have uh, to do is... Ooh, yes, okay. And you have to unscramble the letters. Unscramble the letters. Hold it right there for me. Okay. Now. I'm going to unscramble. Adelid Live. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> you can't, you can't. <laughs> No, you started saying it just then. Uh, pull it back out. I can't see all the letters. H I L L. Oh, oh Emerald Hill. There it is. <laughs> Emerald Hill. It took me a while. There's something about this simple unscramble puzzle here that 
I don't know what it is. So you do that, you'd unscramble that, and it, it would have been easier for you if I'd finished saying you have to unravel the letters to discover the name of a vital zone located on planet uh, Mobius. probably would have helped. Um, yes, that's my bad. And I, then got, you... I got too excited to do the puzzle and didn't, didn't finish reading the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and then you write it down on the first two correct entries pulled from Sonic's Power Sneaker. Yeah, get that spreadsheet. We'll win the first prize. Put it on the board! <laughs> Over the page, Into Action. This is a two-page article. It uh, would have followed on from the Vroom pages because the first page is those Sonic and Tails mascot costumes in front of a uh, race car. Mm -hmm. But it's actually a two-page article about the Sega buses being back in action again, which we heard about in uh, just the last issue of Sonic the Comic, wasn't it? Where they were only able to give us like two very confusingly worded dates. And yet somehow this, only a week later, has a, a whole column of dates from June the 18th through to July 30th. Yeah, which are, you know, passed a little bit more clearly. So clearly, we can see yeah. that Woodford Air Show and Manchester Youth Games are... Well, indeed two separate things yeah <laughs> nothing that we can really say here that we haven't said before it's just nope. a description of the buses they've even printed the same picture of the bus with the cube yes. outside it that we commented was standing too close to each other but um i do like they do mention that the buses have been fully repainted which i think is a shame because i really like the way they look in the uh, photos here they've got that uh, sega and then a a cool drawing of Sonic from sort of Sonic 2 era. And then it says, on the road in proper, like, early 90s graffiti style. Looks great. You know, it's occurred to me, Dave, just when we're talking about the Sega buses, I don't know why... Mm. Somehow we've never mentioned it before, but in and amongst all our complaints about Chaos Emeralds and Mickey Mouse and Robin Hood, <laughs> that we've somehow never flagged up the strange way so many Americans say Sega. <laughs> I mean, there's a little jingle there that gives you a pronunciation guide at the start of Sonic. Sega. There's a bit of a clue, isn't there? There's yeah. a little clue that it's Sega, not Sega. The Sega Genesis. You know, back when this was all uh, going concern, back when this was new, my dad was of the opinion that it should be called Sega. Because his <sighs> point was, and I don't, I don't know to what extent he was joking here, but his point was that you can't have a... Sega Mega Drive when they're both spelt the same way it should be Sega Mega or Sega Mega ha huh. <laughs> I'd love to actually be able to formulate a counter argument to that <laughs> I know he's got us there hasn't he he does I never really yeah. realised that the Sega Mega Drive was too different oh huh yeah but uh. hmm but it is Sega bang to rights but it is Sega and it is Mega huh <laughs> I'm having an existential crisis here. <laughs> an existential crisis. Exactly. <laughs> Sega, Sega Megan. Sega. <sighs> <laughs> I have to rethink my whole worldview here. Sonic Crazy! What a dreadful little article this one is, I must say. This, I think, is the one that was the most full of little errors, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to reread it all word for word. No, I'd have, have to reread it. it. But, but it's such a random little thing that just, it, it's basically mm. talking about everything else. It's uh, Notionally, it's supposed to be about Sonic as a phenomenon and all the merchandise and everything yeah. that's been created. But then the second half of it is just fully about how they've made the arcade game instead. Mm, yeah. 
But, that's odd, because yeah. they had plenty to write about in terms mm. of merchandise. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Like, there are some specialist items that may not see over here because they're produced just for France or Italy or another licensed territory. Backpacks and school holdalls. Keep your eyes peeled and you may see them on import. But what did you make of this next bit? One of the oddest items to emerge based on Sonic <laughs> is a special badge. A this special can be badge. pinned to clothing and is a solid plastic replica of Sonic measuring about three inches in height. The odd thing is that if you flip a switch on the back, Sonic's eyes light up and flash in time to a strange Mexican-type tune. Strangely enough, <laughs> this has never been released in Europe. A strange Sonic. You've picked up a knockoff piece of merch there. <laughs> like, like... What market of knockoffs does not feature some dumb little light-up action yeah. figure that plays a Mexican yeah. type tune? Yeah, and we've all seen those, haven't yeah. we? On those boards at the counter, there'll be a skull with eyes that flash that yeah. in markets and stuff. Well, look, what we've got here is, here's a lot of talk about, like, I know stuff to do with import things. Is this a Takushi? Could be, yeah. It's just, I mean, I'm just so hung up on the fact that they found something that was clearly a knockoff bit of rubbish <laughs> and decided to dedicate an entire paragraph to it. I know. What I do like um, about these two pages is the pictures. First off, the whole left-hand page is a big, lovely photo of the sonic balloon yes. flying over snowy mountains. It's gorgeous. I really like that balloon. It looks real nice. Must have been from the... We know where that was. We've seen it before, haven't we? But I don't remember what it was. The Winter Olympics or something like that. Well, there's other balloons, so it's probably some sort of ballooning event. We've heard about it before. Yeah. I just don't remember what it is. In close-up, actually, it's a little bit more... The Sonic balloon is absolutely lovely to look at, but it's a bit clearer where the balloon is attached to Sonic. And it, <laughs> it it's attached to his jockstrap. Yep. There is a, a white cloth pocket hanging down from the knob area of yep. our friend the hedgehog. It's attached and, to uh, his hedgehog if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's some people sitting in what looks to, to me like a an empty box of PG pyramids <laughs> reaching up to, to wave to everybody and perhaps to activate the, uh, the fire in the balloon. But it's a lovely looking balloon. 75 really feet tall the article right. says. And then uh, inset, you might have trouble seeing this in the scan, Chris. Is uh, yeah, it's not great. It's quite a small picture, but it says Sonic shopping, and it's basically it must be reproduced from elsewhere because right, it's got it text looks like along a it. double page spread from double a page magazine spread. that they've just yeah. reprinted in whole here because of the text being very very small, yeah. which says it says when you're the planet's most supersonic computer star ever, you want. Uh, by the way, it's about three places in this whole uh, magazine that calls Sonic a computer game. And I love to see that. I'm happy to see You that. just like to see the phrase computer game. That's what we call them. Um, when you're the planet's most supersonic computer star ever, you want world domination. The only way you're going to do that is by getting your little blue face plastered all over the place. We checked out the mass of prickly gear that Sonic the Hedgehog fans can splash out on. And, yeah, there's pictures of all sorts of lovely bits of merch here. What do we got there? Well, there's the things we know. There's the water fun games. There's the yep. pinball machines. There's backpacks badges the adventure yeah. game books are there the posters drinks cups the cuddly toys the school binders bottom left and also top right there is the same picture reproduced twice of a um it's like what you took your swimming kit in swimming that's what i was gonna say it's a swim bag isn't it it's the it's your yeah it's one of those um, see-through plastic, plastic bags, bags with, with the, the drawstring, drawstring. oh we both <laughs> said exactly the same thing exactly the same time <laughs> Jinx! <laughs> you owe me one of those giant-sized Cokes we love so much. <laughs> also, um... Oh, I've still not had a Coke, you know. This old lockdown, I haven't. It's been months now. Get a Coke in you, boy! Not that I was a big Coke fiend before. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Coke I, fiend. I've... 
The words have now reached my ears, having come from my mouth. Also, we've got my favourite, the folder, the Sonic Hedgehog with Attitude folder um, yeah. on the bottom left. Grey with Sonic leaning against the word Sonic in darker grey. And uh, and you open it out and it was just, it was a binder with all, you know, dividers and pages yeah. of lined paper and stuff. And I made good use of that. I had a good time there. I d- I have no memory of owning it, but just looking at it there it seemed mm. it's so familiar to me as I wondered. If I did, well, I'd did just you... forgotten about it. Or maybe I just well, saw it in shops. It was also the same design they used for the bedspread, if you had no, that. No, I did not have the bedspread. I didn't really have um, oh. femed bedspreads. Oh. Well, not even a Transformers one. No, not even a Transformers one. Well, I never. I did. I had the Sonic one. It, it may have been my only femed bedspread, actually, thinking back. And, well, I say I had it. I've still got it. The pillowcase is in our cupboard right now. It, really, I don't know why I'm not using it. I ought to crack it out. But uh, I don't know where the rest of the duvet is. I think still on my bed at home. I feel like there's some joke about your sex life in there, but I'm going to refrain <laughs> from trying to find it because it just seems a little Listen, for this podcast. If we could, we would. But it doesn't fit a double bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I and I make that joke on what is my fifth wedding anniversary. Is it? Oh, happy yeah. anniversary! Yeah. Good use uh, of it. <laughs> I I can't remember how we found out. I believe Abby's mum had to tell us. You two do not pay attention to when your anniversary is, do no. you? Have you remembered it one year since you got married? I don't think so. And no. also, hell, five years already. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, doesn't it fly? All oh, right. Anyway, right. Um. And then, yeah, but then this the, the whole second half of this thing is just talking about the uh, the arcade game, but nothing there we haven't heard already. No, but I like how much of a, like, balding middle-aged man it makes Ray sound. Like, right? It features Sonic and an all-new friend called Ray. The game is basically a three-quarter view with trackballs to move Sonic and his friend Ray. It's just this bloke Sonic knows. Yeah. He might as well be Bob or something. Don't mention a mighty. And he's just no. there. It's like he's just there, you know, just tagging along. Yeah. And his friend. Sonic the Hedgehog. And his friend Ray. And Ray. <laughs> Sonic's World. Sonic's World. Yeah. This is the page you remembered, it's and the then one. I remembered it as soon as I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the, it uses the title Sonic's World. Mm. It isn't a Sonic's World comic, yeah. but this is the sort of appropriation of the title Sonic's World that I approve of. Yes, I agree, and it's got all the because... right fonts to look like something from Sonic the Comic as well. <laughs> yeah, although the logo doesn't quite. No, not in the slightest. Which is just <laughs> a sort of a gridded globe with Sonic's World and SW written on it. Yeah, this is the Bad Nick database that Megadroid said they were working on a bunch of issues ago, isn't it? Bas- basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um three. Uh, horizontal stretched out ovals on a page for Sonic 1, 2, and 3, each of which are filled with just black and white pictures of the Badniks. Mm. They they kind of make a perfunctory effort at colouring in two from Sonic 1, but all the rest of them are pure line drawings on white. It occurs to me that um, I remember most of the Badnik names from uh, Sonic 2. All, all from Sonic 1, obviously, because I'm a... Yeah, I'm yeah. Ethan. No. Most from Sonic 2. Very little from Sonic 3. Yeah. But, wow, they kind of gave up by the time they hit Sonic 3, I didn't they? I was sure, and I know that I'm influenced by the cartoon here, but I was sure that the monkeys climbing up the trees in the Angel Island Zone were called Coconuts. They're not. Well, Coconuts is the name of the monkey from Sonic 2. Yeah, So, and, and I, I just thought that it was going to be the same. Yeah. But no, apparently they are called Monkey dude. Monkey dude. Rhino bot. Monkey dude. 
What should we call this one? The monkey one. Monkey dude. There's a few good ones here, like um, the, the little puffer fishes that puff up and the spikes come out of them. They're called point dexters. That's good. Yes. I like that. Or, that is um, good. Or <laughs> is the name of the little, uh, little dragonfly type ones from the aquatic ruin zone. But then it's like Sonic 2 had the spiker, so Sonic 3 has spiker 2. And Sonic 1 had the chopper, Sonic 3 has the mega chopper. And it was smaller than the original chopper. Sonic 1 had the Caterkiller, and Sonic 3 had the Caterkiller Jr. And also, with Spiker and Spiker 2, Sonic 3 also has the Turbo Spiker. It does, yes. Sonic 1 had the Jaws, and Sonic 3 had the Jaws with a Z on the end. Why on earth didn't they go Jaws 2? The Revenge! Yes! (laughs) But it's the... yeah. And, And again... Spiker, Spiker 2, Turbo Spiker, and we remember, thanks to STC, that Sonic and Knuckles has Spike Bonker. (laughs) That's right. Well, that was at least a name. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I did not remember how completely they gave up for Sonic 3. I mean, I don't know that anything was ever quite as good as the Sonic 1 bad nicknames again. Like, uh, Sonic 1 had the Buzz Bomber, and then Sonic 2 had the Buzzer. And the Grabber. and And the Crawl. And the Nebula is quite a good bad nickname yeah, in Sonic 2, but one. it doesn't really pertain to what it looks like no. or is. Shellcracker and Aquas, those were good names. And Octus yeah. and uh, Rexon, those are quite good names. Yeah, but as you've pointed out before, Crawl isn't. No, that's not a good name at all. That's a word. But this isn't all of the, the yeah. bad names. Surely. Um... There's no Orbinauts in Sonic 1. Oh, whoa! Or um, oh, I'm, right. I'm sure there must be some others. Not, are, are those uh, Orbinauts with the fire around them from Sonic 2? There's no there. Yeah. Or, um, um, it's also weird. It's that then they did this Badnik database, and then down at the bottom of the page, he goes, Other major additions to Sonic World include a girl who has a crush on Sonic called Amy. And I'm like, Well, that's great. I don't know what it has to do with this. <laughs> it's got a note. And then they met Metal Sonic and. Knuckles and Tails just also tagged in at the bottom. Kind of, kind of loses its focus there after getting through all the bad nicks. It makes me wish that they'd dropped the thing about the bus and gone with three pages of yeah. like, and here's Amy, and here's Metal Sonic, and here's other stuff, you know? Profiles for everything, but no, they only did them yeah. for Tails and Knuckles, but we would have to wait for future years. Sonic! Dr. Sun Part 2. Same creative team as the first part, Kitchen, Rodriguez, and Frame. Dr. Sun shows Sonic and Tails around his compound, revealing it to be full of kids who genuinely seem to be enjoying their life there. Figuring that there's nothing he can do, Sonic almost leaves until a slip of Dr. Sun's tongue allows the cool blue one to figure out exactly what's really going on. Sonic tears off Dr. Sun's robes, revealing that underneath he's really Dr. Robotnik who's been using the cult scheme to lure in victims to be converted into badniks. Robotnik attacks with his Egomatic, but Sonic boots him out of the little hovercraft and crashes it into his badnik conversion machine, which explodes and takes the whole complex out as our heroes get the kids to safety. And this is... The cult is the sort of thing where it's like... I'm looking at it and going, Oh, okay, cool. Are you allowed to talk about that sort of thing in, in kids' comics? Right, I kind of had that reaction. I mean, I'm pretty used to seeing cult-type gags in kids' cartoons. Remember the cult yeah. of Cuckoo Cola? No. Not from Rescue Rangers with the song! You know what the... Come along, you belong, feel the fizz of Cuckoo Cola. No! I'm oh, not. wow. Yeah, I, will, now I, you I awoke your that. lizard memory. I see it on your face. Now you sing that. I remember the song. I wouldn't have known it was a cult story, I don't think. 
I wouldn't have got that. I didn't get it. I didn't know what a cult was at this point. Fair enough. I didn't want these people to be doing this because it looked so tedious to be involved with. But that's such a weird thing, though, right? Because exactly. here's okay. Here, so here's the whole thing about this second half. Apart from the fact that the Doctor Robotnik unmasking is vastly infeasible as presented by the art, as yeah. that clearly did not fit underneath those ropes. Nope. <laughs> All of the kids, right, who are part of this cult, all have droopy eyelids. Yeah. And uh, whenever Dr. Sun says to Stripes, well, lad, would you like Sonic the Hedgehog to rescue? No, Dr. Sun, I like it here. And and then when we when we go through the complex and we see uh, they have a library full of comics and a recreation room full of all yeah. the latest video games, including it looks like the opening cinematic to Sonic CD. That's right, yeah. Projected up on the screen up there. They've all got these droopy eyes as if they've all been brainwashed. Yeah, even though what they're doing should be really exciting and cool. But they haven't. <laughs> they're not brainwashed yeah. in the story. Robotnik says they've all been lining up to be turned into badniks because they're coming here of their own free will because yeah. it's full of comics and toys. Yeah. It's, so why it are they all... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's drawn wrong. Yeah. Some, I mean, it's so consistent that you have to assume there's some kind of direction in the script, like maybe he's eroding mm. their free will, or, but it's not part of the story. Otherwise, something's missing no. here. Yeah, something, something's wrong in this. Whether it's something in the script that got cut or the artist is drawing something that he shouldn't have been. Yeah, something's not right about it. Mm, yeah, yeah. It doesn't deliver either... Because like, one version of this would be that it looks really cool there with all their comics and video games. Because yeah. like, that should be really cool. But it doesn't. It looks like a, oh, looks a so library rough. they're forced to work in and, and they just look so unhappy. Yeah, and that's just or, a failing of the art. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there's a version where they are all dead-eyed because they've been brainwashed. But that's mm. not this version either. So no, yeah. it is a bit muddled, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, besides that, though, this is a, it's a perfectly amusing little second half. This, this, yeah, is probably the best strip in the thing. The second half of this wouldn't include probably, the first yeah. half in it, but, but yeah, just because there's a, an actual plot going on and and some ideas beyond the station of 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 the summer special with the whole cult thing and the salvation doorway when the young people feel they're ready to fully join yes. my order, they can enter the inner sanctum. And of course, it's behind this giant green curtain where he's keeping the machine that turns them into bad next. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's a it's a cool concept. The yeah, the art lets it down. Yeah, very much so. I do again. I still enjoy Sonic and Tails's banter in this a lot. It's it's so Nigel, you know. Mm. Tails is just narrating the experience. It's a library <laughs> full of comics and all the latest video games. I have eyes, kid. And there's this just little moment here that where they're going to leave. Sonic, what about Mister Stripes' son? Well, the kid likes it here. What am I supposed to do? Drag him away? It's just a little real yeah. moment in the midst of all this yeah. arch stuff, you know? The way Ferran draws backgrounds is often to sort of do them out of focus. Yeah. There's a lot of very strange blurry backgrounds. Uh, and I think it's because he's colouring with... Uh, I don't quite know what the medium Seems is. like, yeah, an airbrush effect. Yeah, it's very, very blurry. And then he'll ink around it to make it extremely extremely crisp and the the difference between the two is so stark that when he doesn't ink round something you almost check your glasses or rub your <laughs> eyes or something it's it's a, a big difference like this panel here wherever robotnik gets in the egomatic and starts zapping at sonic yeah and it's just 
It's like there are starburst explosions on the floor where where the zaps are missing Sonic, but they have oh, solid they, they have solid outlines around. See, you didn't even realize that's what they no. were. I didn't realize no. it either. They have solid outlines around them, so they look like pieces of scenery. While the whole panel is flooded with dust and smoke. Yeah. That's being kicked up either by sonic speed or by the the blasts themselves or who knows yeah and also robotnik's got those weird goat eyes yeah and it's such a huge head as well <laughs> yeah. it's a bad rendition of robotnik i do love this bit where sonic gets in the egomatic he just kicks him out and he goes great i've always wanted to go on one of these things yeah <laughs> mm, nice handling good acceleration lousy brakes as he crashes it into the thing <laughs> i love again love this bit with the tails Sonic, you did that on purpose. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's like, it's this cheerful... There is actually... You know, I said earlier it wasn't obliviousness, but there is almost a, a cheerful, endearing obliviousness to him in yeah. this one. Compared to the obliviousness with which he was wandering through the Mark Isles strip in the last issue of the comic, there's something <laughs> quite amusing about Tails in this one. I like him. He's very upbeat. Yeah, and that's more or less that, isn't it? Yeah, the, then the they explode to get out. the kids out, and it's like, do you think Robotnik was still in there? I doubt it. It's a he'll be back, and then all the kids yeah. have their eyes open again. Yeah, exactly. They're all suddenly ba- as if they've snapped out of something that was hypnotizing them, but they mm. but but they haven't. It's a grand little story, a bit throwaway, but something I would very much have uh, tolerated as like a, a single Sonic strip in the yeah. magazine itself, perfectly on par with the. I don't like to call them filler, but you know what I mean when I say the filler strips in between the big events in the Sonic strip. Perfectly on par with that sort of stuff. Some some funny dialogue, some good banter, really very badly let down by the art. And about five pages longer than it actually needs to be. Because they have to simply make it two parts long to fill out the special. You could absolutely have made this like a, a one-part story that could have just run in Sonic. And that brings us to the final page of the magazine, the inside back cover, I should say, which just says, Wahey! That is W-A-A-H-A-Y-Y-Y, which for some reason they've chosen, I don't know why they've picked that. Maybe, oh, is that David Jensen's thing to say? I was gonna ask, is it a reference to something one of the two celebrities in this picture? Yes. Uh, But I don't know. But this is a picture we've seen before. It was in issue three of STC in the welcome screen, and it is the Sonic and Tails, you know, mascot uh, costumes again at that same event again. And uh, they are posing here with Chris Evans... Who might have said Wahey? I suppose it's difficult to pin down Wahey to a particular yeah. person, isn't it? Wahey! And then, and this chap, David Jensen, who uh, was apparently a DJ. I was going to say, remind me who David Jensen mm. was. Yeah. yeah, this is another landscape uh, one that's been printed sideways on the inside yes. back cover. I tell you what, I don't appreciate this close-up look at the Tails mascot costume. Mm. Oh, it looks awful. Yes. I guess it does. Um, big, hairy eyebrows? Yeah, that's always the weirdest thing about it. He has big, hairy eyebrows. Uh, I, I speak as someone who has personally encountered this costume. So... <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I speak as somebody with big, hairy eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I, I, to me, this is nice and cuddly and I like it. But yes, it's not a very good representation of Tails, is it? Oh, that's like what the live-action movie Tails would have looked like before they changed everything. 
it is a bit. Ugh. I'm interested in how the Sonic gloves work here. You can so the the person in Sonic is trying to do a hand gesture, but their fingers are all over the place in a way that suggests yeah. to me that they've only got control of like the middle finger. Yeah, apart does, from the yeah. apart from the index, you know. Bit of that action. In fact, the middle finger looks much bigger than the two either side of it, which makes me think that it's you know. Two fingers are in that one that sort of take the outer fingers with it or something. No, wait, but you can. No, it's but the you mid- can point. It is the middle thing. It's the it's the index finger he is pointing with. Yes, you can point yeah, yeah. with the index finger. You can. And then the rest point are just the hanging thumb, there. And then there's just a clump of fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Tails's gloves look a little more workable. But yeah, and much smaller. Those look like little hands. Truly hideous costumes, though. I mean. They could have done better, yeah. Although, having encountered them at Games Master Live, I, I think of them as perfectly fine, but yes. That's interesting to me. I, 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 I like that you have that frame of reference for them, yeah. to be honest, because I don't know what my reaction would have been or was to the pictures of them from back in the day. I look at them now and it's like... Ugh. Well, it's like when you see pictures of the um, you know early Disneyland Mickey costumes and they're just yeah, hideous. I suppose, yeah. How on earth did anyone put up with that? Fair. Well, you know, um, speaking of putting up with things, I think that uh, we have put up with the entirety of the Sonic Summer Special. <laughs> because it's such... It is, it's a very strange... When you sit back and really look at it, yeah. in, within the context of the Summer Special, the, for the comic that it is, it is... It's like from somewhere else. Yeah. It's from Summer Special Land. It, it's, yeah. It would be the same as this if there was no STC. Yeah! You know, but Nigel keeps leaning in and going like, "I, I, I know what I'm actually doing here, guys." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a that's there. It's like if Sonic the comic didn't exist, yeah. this is still what this would have been like. You know, except maybe for Grimer being in it, this would be yeah, it'd be exactly yeah. the same. I never thought of it like that, but that is the most apt summary of it. Fortunately, though, Sonic the comic does exist. And uh, if you're looking for more discussions of its many issues, you can find them from us on stctp.wigglehe.com or wherever all good podcasts are sold. And you can find us on Twitter. It's at Sonic Podcast on Twitter, or at least that's the podcast's Twitter. We've got our own. Mine is at Demon Tomato Dave. And I am at Chris McFeely. And we're both on YouTube under those names as well. I've got another podcast. It's called Serious Disney. It's about Disney films and animation adjacent things with Jahan Ranasing. I think you'll like it, even if you don't like them. I actually think you'll like <laughs> quite a lot of it. But if you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so on patreon.com slash stctp. Um, there are no reward tiers up just yet. Uh, if you're supporting it, you are just simply supporting the show as is, and we thank you very much for that. We are are actually starting to inch close to a sort of level where we might be able to like take that money and do something with it for the show that might allow yeah. us to actually start getting some uh, rewards up there, free up the times. This is quite exciting, so thank you all for your support in that one. Yeah. Here's someone else you can support. You can support the band that made our intro song. They're called Sonic the comic The Band and you can find them with their song Synchronize that is our opening theme at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com They are Sonic the Comic The Band but we are Sonic the Comic The Podcast and this has been Sonic the Summer Special and we will see you next time Far too many to really go through here altogether. What ones jump out at you, Dave? Well, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you momentarily because there's something else. Stop that- gulping at that other summer special to see if it talked about Sonic the Comic as a separate publication. But look what they did for the pinup in the middle. <gasps> oh.
that is nice. Right, yeah. so closing that. We'll talk about that in a year's time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,